Hello and welcome to NFL Friday, the week five edition of the podcast. I'm Chris Bocci with Dylan Balsamo, and we are back on the podcast uh, talking football. But this week, we have uh, sort of the injection of an external force, which we were ready for. But that is a bit of a surge in COVID-19 cases around the league. The Tennessee Titans are now up to more than 20 cases on their team and more personnel. They're under investigation from the NFL for violating procedure. The New York Jets, a local team that we always uh, spend a good time, uh, not always in the most positive light, talking about on the podcast. They are going home and shutting down facilities. So... Now the Jets are in the picture. We've already seen New England, and of course, Tennessee is sort of the super spreader, Dylan. Uh, it's not the way we wanted to talk about, uh, not the way we wanted to open the podcast, but obviously uh, there's nothing else that, that we can uh, avoid. COVID-19 is very real, and it's, it's now taken over uh, the sport of football. Absolutely, Chris. Uh, something I try not to do on the air is to be pessimistic. I don't like, uh, I don't like cynicism. Uh, Overall, it's hard to do that when talking about the Giants and Jets, though. But um, it's it's very difficult to not look at this and be like, I don't know, this doesn't seem like it. It it, it seems not seems like this is not a good direction at all. It's right. not. Yeah, no, especially with football because we we're so closely tied to it that you just don't want to believe it. Um, and you know, I think at the earliest stages there were a couple of cases, and it's like, okay, there are a couple of cases, we'll get those resolved. But now the the the, the Tennessee Titans have a, have a full blown outbreak. I mean, and and actually, it was an outbreak before it became public knowledge that it was really an outbreak. I mean, you're talking mm-hmm. about 20 players and I believe more than 10 personnel. That, that that's a that's that's an entire facility there and it's possible they were breaking the rules I don't even know how important that is because I'm under the impression that if it gets into a locker room I know how you can follow rules the way this thing spreads is such that if it gets hold it gets hold I mean we'll see what happens with New England if they start to have more positive cases but this becomes a scheduling conflict what happens with all these games I mean, obviously, the NFL has contingency plans, and you know, I've been reading today that they are prepared to let this to move this season all the way into the month of March if they have to. Talking about a Super Bowl that may be happening in the spring, they'll pull out all the stops to make sure that they can stage a season. But as you said, it there's just not a lot of reason for optimism at the outset here. Well, yeah, so so here's the thing. The NFL being a bigger industry than most countries on this planet, Mm. of course they are certainly looking to find a way to do it, and they certainly have the economic means to be searching for that. The thing about the Titans, not to cross sports here, but, you know, in in baseball, the outbreak with the Miami Marlins was without a doubt really concerning. And this is really, it seems a lot worse than that. It really Mm. does, especially in a sport like football. And, you know, maybe the Titans were breaking the rules, but I think if we've learned anything about this virus is that even people who are abiding by every rule can fall victim to the unpredictability of the coronavirus. Because we really don't know. We like to pretend we know what's going on, but we really don't. And to talk about scheduling, like you were saying, um, I think NFL fans can be very hopeful after watching sports like, like baseball delay games, uh, because of COVID outbreaks, but you know, 
our producer, uh, Ryan, and I were actually talking about this uh, before we started, that um, football is a lot more difficult to reschedule than something like baseball. Because football, you can't be playing every day. You can't play more than twice in seven days, really. You just, you don't have the, you don't have the ability to do that. So it's, it's incredibly difficult. And, you know, knowing the, the financial status of the NFL, I'm sure they can figure out a way to make this happen. But at the moment, honestly, it, it just seems the way they've gone about the season is a little irresponsible. You could certainly charge that. I mean, you could certainly make that case. Uh, these are young men of good health, and their exposure to this virus is, is, doesn't necessarily need to be um, a, a great danger. And that's what the chief medical officer of the NFL is emphasizing. Um, and, you know, we have to, we have to keep them honest and make sure that that's the case. The idea here is that spread within the league spread within teams doesn't necessarily um, worry the league from a, from a health ethics perspective, but what happens when someone goes home to their family and, and now you're talking about spread beyond the reach of the league. And that's where it becomes a concern. I just think about, and, and you mentioned Dylan, the NFL being basically the size of some small countries, the economic might of this institution is beyond comparison. I mean, baseball, which is the next biggest sport, isn't there. And football owns a day of the week when you think about it in, in yeah. the fall. They own our Sunday. We are we are glued to the television on Sundays. And there, the, the the ripple effect of losing the NFL. Think about jobs. Think about I'm I'm imagining just hundreds of thousands of people who work for the NFL, whether that's on the media side or in the sport. We talked to Andrew Marchand on one-on-one uh, -on -one this summer, and we asked him about the potential of losing an NFL season, and that was at a point where it was even more uncertain than it is now. And he said, "I, I just can't wrap my head around it as a sports writer of the NFL." the idea of losing football. I mean, just think about these TV deals. It's just, it's an incredible um, operation. And, and, you know, that's what leads me to believe that we will see some bizarre things before we see uh, the sport cancel or pause because they're going to try to play on Tuesday night, Wednesday, and they've got ideas. They've certainly got ideas to make it happen. Yeah. Roger Goodell will, will be a contortionist before he gives in here. Exactly. But so, so here's the thing. You're absolutely right about football dominating a whole day. You could argue that football in general dominates our whole weekend, right. you know, with so much college football happening on Saturday. It's so important to the United States to the point where it came up in the presidential debate last week. That's mm -hmm. crazy. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, and this is, this is something I, I pondered with, with every sport that's been playing, you know, now the NHL season is over, the NBA season coming to a close, baseball from the playoffs. You know, in terms of having COVID cases, when is it enough for you to say, we can't be playing right now? At least not right now. Maybe not cancel the season, but when is it enough to say, we have to stop this right now? What are you waiting for? Um, I hope it's not um, a player or family member of a player losing their life. Um, because that's certainly a risk here. Um, but it, it leads to many more questions than does answers, more question marks than, than periods. Uh, and to be honest with you, it's, it's a little concerning and from a human perspective, kind of frightening. Yeah. 
No, it, it's well said. It's well said. And, and, and I think we, we have to try to filter out the, the desire to see through rose colored glasses mm-hmm. and have this perspective. Oh, it's not that bad. It, it's only a couple teams. It's, it's only, it's only young, healthy men. And, and look a little bit beyond that, especially there's just this tremendous bias that comes with being the big NFL fans that we are. I mean, this is what we do. This is what, what I last three years at Fordham is come on the podcast and we talk about whoever's playing on Sunday and, you know, and what's going on with the jets. And, And it's become a different year. We've adjusted. Everybody's adjusted virtually every part of their life. Uh, obviously we're recording this on zoom instead of, uh, in the studio, but you, you, you just have to try to block that out and say, what, what is the best choice? Obviously the NFL, the, uh, and we've, and we've, we've mentioned it, but it can't be said enough is that for them to be able to look at that, they have to look at billions of dollars that they would be giving up billions, billions with a B. And so that's where it becomes a state issue. That's where it does become a government issue and where, you know, it's what happened in the, in the spring, there was pressure from the public, from the government. And, and that's what led the NBA to make the first call, the NCAA to make the next call with the tournament. And then obviously baseball pushed back. There was really no room for this. Now we're in an, we are in a bustling economy. Again, everything's up and running is football. One of those things that can't be a part of that. It's just not conducive to a socially distanced environment. Whereas you can educate online you can do a lot of work in our economy online football fundamentally cannot be socially distant just can't be so why is the nfl not talking about putting these players in a bubble why 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 is that not uh on the table because they they just can't interact with society if cases are going to spike at this level i imagine that they're having these conversations you you know what's interesting is you're absolutely right about, you know, no economist uh, studies this type of situation because it's right. completely unheard of. This is crazy. And, and, and the way that sports has become tied, we like to think of sports being tied to our life as, as an American thing, but it's really not. You know, anybody who watches soccer or any European sport or any South American sport knows that this is just a, this is a state of the, of the world. Yeah. Um, but you, you know, there's like we've said, they're certainly going to have to get creative if they want to get a season in. The question is how, how creative are you willing to get? Um, are, are you willing to forego perhaps the validity of your season to have a season? Like, um, you know, you, you look at, you know, the way the NHL and the NBA kind of readjusted things and, and how we're going to be looking back at the Stanley Cup champion and the NBA champion and be like, can they really be seen as a valid champion? And, the, you know, the World Series is going to end up being the same thing. You know, I'm not saying the NFL has to be a flag football league for a year to eliminate some human contact, but there's going to be a compromise. You can't, you can't have your cake and eat it, too, it's, which is a phrase I don't really like because it's rather confusing. But that's beside the point. It's um, – it, it, it's odd. We can't be too greedy here. Like we need to, there's a compromise. Yeah. And I, I, and and right now the NFL is investigating the Tennessee Titans to see if they violated any um, procedures. If they discover that Tennessee was in gross violation, um, 
you know, as odd as it sounds, that, that could be a source of encouragement because it might tell you that those teams that are following procedure actually stand a chance at, at making it here and that if, if the NFL can run the tight ship, that just seems impossible to me. But if you're, if you're constantly testing, if we find that something went really awry in Tennessee to the point where that's why there was an outbreak, then maybe there's a little bit of hope to say that they can rectify this and you're not going to see um, issues going forward. But again, that's just, that's just a strand of hope. I, I don't know that, that, I would, that I would necessarily uh, submit to that, but it's a hope. Um, in any case, the NFL, as we mentioned at the top, is going to try to make a way, and, and, and we may be watching the Super Bowl in March or April this year if we get there. And it would be, it would say that we've gone a long way if we can have a Super Bowl in a year that has been, you know, one of the worst on record really ever. Um, but here we are. Here we are. This is, uh, this is taking over the dialogue. Um, let's make a brief note about the New York Jets. Uh, besides the COVID case, uh, the presumptive COVID case that sent the facility home, I heard from Bart Scott, who, who has been in the facility and said that they have been doing an exceptional job and, and still it happened. But Joe Flacco, due to start a quarterback on Sunday, if there is a game, uh, and I wouldn't bet on that, but um, Joe Flacco goes for the Jets against the Cardinals team that is pretty good. And the Giants have a Cowboys team that isn't very good. But obviously, in both cases with the Jets and Giants, Dylan, you're talking about teams that just aren't very good themselves. Yeah, well, before we go any further, let me say, when you say Super Bowl, if we get there, I am only assuming you mean if we get there is in humanity, if we make it to March. But <laughs> It feels that way, yeah. And as I'm saying, if we make it, if we make it, it, it will really feel like an achievement, you know? Yeah. Not to be apocalyptic about it, but it's hard not to be in no. in, in in the cursed year. But uh, <laughs> at any rate, um, you know, regarding both the Giants and the Jets, like I said at the top, I try not to be cynical. But the thing about the Giants and Jets is that both organizations, I would argue the Giants actually more than the Jets, sometimes it feels like they don't want to get any better. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah sure There's, does. There's this, you know, I, what I feel about the Jets is uh, at least the the Jets will, after after a season, say, Let, let's change something. They usually don't change the right thing. Sometimes they'll change a lot of things, and they'll get a weird combination. It's like handing all five of your cards in a deck to get five new ones. It, sometimes it's going to be radical, and it's usually not for the better. But at least they're doing something. The Jets? Giants, yeah, it it does, and and maybe that's be me being naive, but it does feel like it, there are adjustments made more often than at least their East Rutherford counterparts. The Giants kind of will, it's like they'll take a slap in the face the last five to ten years, and then not even turn the other cheek. They're just going to be like, maybe it'll be better next year, and they'll make changes. Um, you know, I, I, I like Daniel Jones. I think Daniel Jones is a very talented quarterback. Um, but it, 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 it feels like a, a lazy franchise and I hate saying that, but it feels like that. You know what I mean? Well, I'll give you the Jets angle. Um, I, lazy, lazy for, for the Jets 
doesn't doesn't do it justice. I mean, it's all about adjustments. I mean, if they're so good at making adjustments, why is Adam Gase still the head coach? Why is he still in the building? It, it makes oh, no yeah. sense to me. Here's, I, you know, I, and, and, and the Giants, obviously, they did make a major shift last year. They hired a new head coach and Joe Judge. I, I think, I think I, you're, you're right in that both teams over the last five, and for the Jets' case, it's really 10 years, are stuck in the mud in the worst way. And you said Daniel Jones is very talented, and I agree. And I say the same thing about Sam Darnold, very talented. But mm-hmm. one, one thing that I'm a broken record on now is how, how many times can I say, that these guys are talented before we start to hold them accountable for the fact that they're not winning football games in New York city. It, it can only go so far. And, and I believe that the supporting cast for both guys is weak, is feeble. Uh, it doesn't matter at a certain point, these guys have got to be held to task for what they've achieved. And it's not very much. And of course there's a year of separation between Donald and Jones. That is critical, but Daniel Jones isn't, isn't throwing touchdown passes. Sam Darnold, uh, for the first time, threw a couple touchdown passes against Denver in a game that they still couldn't win. And, you know, I don't, I don't know how much longer I can go. But to talk about a team that just, when you say at the top, doesn't feel like they want to win, I mean, that's what it feels like when I turn on the TV and I watch Adam Gase on the sideline. It looks like a person who's divested, who's just not invested in the success of the franchise. I feel like I, as a fan, watching on my couch, hopelessly, helplessly, unable to do anything, unable to take any action except complain on the radio. I feel like I have a bigger stake in the New York Jets than Adam Gase does. It's bizarre. It's bizarre how disinterested he appears to be. How the, the, even when, when you just watch him talk, the communication after a brutal, a brutal Jet loss uh, just appears to be, uh, it's, just, it's just another one. It's just another day at the office for this guy doesn't seem perturbed doesn't seem determined and the jets not firing him it befuddles me I, I don't know who would object to firing this guy and and, and that's really yeah. the storyline with the jets right now i think the worst thing a franchise can do and this goes through through all sports obviously but you know specifically with the jets and the giants also the worst thing a franchise can do is just go through the motions yeah. You know, if, 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 if you lose every game and, but it, you're, you're being active about it, you're actively losing every game. If you get what I'm saying, th- that's at least something so that we can, that the franchise itself can step away and be like, okay, we need to make some changes here. But the Jets seem to be walking down the, the same road and, it's it's almost worse than actively losing. You know what I mean? I know that's that's kind of weird. I phrased that. Oddly, no, no, I understand. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and 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 there's no doubt that it's a team that has no. They've just got nothing in the tank, and it's week five, and they're committing personal fouls on the quarterback as the clock runs out from the game. I mean, I it it's such a it's such a backward culture it's such a it, it's just something that you can read in the eyes of everybody on that team so uninspired to go win football games that after week one after week one loss to Buffalo it felt like it was over it really did 
It really did because it wasn't how they lost. It was, I'm sorry, it wasn't that they lost. It was how they lost. And that's been the case for the entire season. The Jets aren't 0-4. They may as well be 0-10 right now. They, they, they're not 0-4 they're not the way the Houston Texans are 0-4. They're 0-4 in the worst type of way. They have played one competitive football game, and it was against another one of the worst teams in the American Football Conference and it was an embarrassing loss. So it, it's a brutal 0-4 that says a lot more than the record does. And, and, and here's an amazing point about um, them potentially not playing Sunday or most likely not playing Sunday. We don't really know now. This is very new news. But if they don't get a full 16-game schedule in, I, I wonder what that means about a potential first overall pick because certainly they're trending toward it. I would, wouldn't hesitate to call them the worst team in football. Is it possible, Dylan, that they – are the worst team in football, but they don't end up with this pick because they don't play a full schedule. Nobody knows how that shakes out, but at least when you have a terrible year, like the jets do year in and year out, you get rewarded with the high pick. Maybe they don't even get that. So if it could get worse, this might've been the one thing that could make it worse. Yeah. Let me tell you, let me tell you a real quick story. Um, It's going to sound like I'm an old man, but I'll I'll tell this anyway. Um, When I was, you know, a kid, my dad was trying to teach me how to ride a bike. And I was not very good at it. I did not take to it very quickly. And after one lesson, I was like, I can't do this. I give up. And to this day, I still don't know how to ride a bicycle. That's really embarrassing of me to say on air, but I'm, I'm willing to share that with you. Because uh, my point is, when you, that's how the Jets and the Giants, too, feel. You lose that first game, and it's like, oh, season's over. Like, yeah. what? You know, and, and that's, you know, that's what makes a team better than bad. What gets you from bad, at least up to mediocre, is you'll lose a game and you'll be like, we might have a shot at this next one. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna play it like it's the first game of the season. And the Giants and Jets just don't do that. But, you know, specifically we're talking about the Jets here, and they do it. They're huge culprits of that, I think. Yeah. And, you know, I said, could it get any worse than it is? And and actually the one play was for Sam Donald to get hurt, which he did. And Joe Flacco will start a quarterback this week. We don't really know what comes after that uh, with the shoulder sprain from Sam. It, it just, uh, it, it's just a situation where one thing you want to be able to see is at least Sam Donald grow, at least get him a chance to run this offense and show us some hope for next season, because, all the hope is lost for this one. They play a good Cardinals team this week it, if they play, and, and it most likely won't be close. And like we said, the Giants play the Cowboys. Um, this Giants team, again, not inspiring much. They're 0-4. They play a Cowboys team that's 1-3. Supposed to be a lot better than that. But at this point, Dallas, uh, you know, even with Dak Prescott, who can throw the football, they just uh, – they cannot seem to get it together. This is going to have to be a pick-me-up for them, and I, and I wonder if they they may go in and uh, and crush the Giants on Sunday because they they could they could use it. Yeah, the the Cowboys certainly need the win, and you know you look at you look at the NFC East to to keep talking about the Giants here. You look at the NFC East. You can tell the Giants are the worst of the four teams. Because I look at all three of those other teams, and no matter what their records are, and the records in the NFC usually are not good. It's probably going to be the same this season, also. But there are people, there are players on each team I really look forward to seeing, and that type of energy can drive you to success. 
it's it's the kind of energy that can put two teams from the division in the playoffs. But with the Giants, there's just it's not there. That energy that that drives you to success is is not there. And you know that's what makes the Cowboys a a better team than the Giants. They're a better team than I think their record shows at the moment. It's it's tough to tell a team by their record, obviously, at this point in the year. But yeah, I think they're going to demolish the Giants. They have to uh, for for their sake. Um, let's move to our pick'em segment. This is uh, yeah, this is the fun stuff, and we'll just run down the line of uh, games here. By the way, on Thursday night, last night. Uh, the Bears beat the Buccaneers twenty to nineteen. I yeah, call so that I'm, I'm gonna pick, I'm gonna pick the Bears for yesterday. <laughs> there you go. So a retroactive pick. I mean, that, that's a Bears team that I don't necessarily believe in, and a Buccaneers team that with Tom Brady, I think we'll be able to right the ship, but we'll see. Um, so no evaluation to be done there. Instead, we have predictions across the league. Besides that, we'll start with Panthers at Falcons in Atlanta. This is an interesting one. The 2-2 two and two Panthers and the 0-4 Falcons. I'm going to take a Falcons team that absolutely needs to pick me up. They've been in every game they've played. They've they've blown a lot of games. It's a Panthers team that I don't think is that good, but they've surprised me, and, and they've won a couple of games. But I am going to take Atlanta in this one, Dylan. I'm also going to take Atlanta in this one. You know, they're 0-2 they're at home so far this season, which is not uh, <laughs> not a good sign usually. Uh, but, you know, they're a team that has too much talent to be 0-5, and I think they know that. You know, it's, you know an 0-4 team is not necessarily an 0-16 team. It's just not how it works. So, yeah, I'm also going to take the South on Sunday. And Dan Quinn potentially coaching for his job in Atlanta. Oakland and Kansas City. This is a Raiders team that's been pretty good, but there's just no beating uh, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he is just too good. And this Chiefs team is going to roll to 5-0 and at home this week. Yeah, that line right now, if I'm reading it correctly, is 12 in favor yeah. of the Chiefs. And that actually might be um, wishful thinking for the Raiders. Um, but the Raiders are good. You know, I, I, I have some faith in them. But I don't want to play the Chiefs right now. So I'm going to take them also. Can't bet against the Chiefs until they give you a reason to. The Cardinals come to New Jersey uh, potentially to play the Jets although that's obviously up in the air right now with the positive COVID uh, test. Yeah, the Cardinals are going to steamroll the Jets if this game happens. The Jets with Joe Flacco and, again, with Adam Gase, the head coach. I, I don't know much more that I need to say. The Jets just uh, – this one's going to be a million to nothing. So if they end up playing on Sunday, I'm going to take the Cardinals. But if they end up moving the game down the line, then I am also going to take the Cardinals. <laughs> And, and it's a Cardinals team that's, that's pretty good with Kyler Murray. So I, I think yeah. a, a Jets team as bad as they are, whenever that game is staged, you can you can you can pencil us both in for the Cardinals. Eagles at Steelers. This is an Eagles team that just disappoints constantly, really ever since they've been to the Super Bowl um, and won that Super Bowl. And the hangover has now lasted three years. They are not going to beat a Pittsburgh team that is three and zero minus seven line. I don't know if they cover that, but the Steelers on defense are too good. Carson Wentz, I always like the guy, but he just he just hasn't been able to find a way in Philadelphia. I think the Steelers uh, win this one. Yeah, I was just about to say, you know, I, I I 
questioned their continuing faith in Carson Wentz after Nick Foles won the Super Bowl. And then Nick Foles was able to squeeze him into the playoffs again, and they still went, no, we're going to go with Carson. And that just did not make any sense to me. Um, but yeah, so three years later, I still think that was the wrong choice. I'm taking the Steelers, too. Rams at Washington. Uh, this is a Rams team that I've been impressed by in what is certainly the best team, uh, best best division in football uh, in the NFC West. A Washington team that I don't think is as bad as one in three. I like Ron Rivera. I like Dwayne Haskins. But um, I, I like Sean McVay too much, and, and I think uh, the Rams find a way to win on the road in Washington. So it's interesting. I, I'm terrible with predictions. Usually when I'll go through a scoreboard to make my predictions, I'll pick one that I don't think is necessarily going to happen um, just to bet against myself because I know I'm usually going to be wrong. And, you know, I agree with you. This is a Washington team that uh, is not as bad as the record might tell you only four weeks into it. So I'm going to go against the grain here. I'm going to take Washington this weekend. You're taking Washington. Let's, wow. Let, let, Washington over, over the Rams. Let's okay, that's an, up, that's an upset pick, and, 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 and we like those. And I'm, I'm trying to find one to pick here, but the next one, yeah. you know, presents an opportunity here. Bengals at Ravens. The, the spread is 13 points. I, I, I want to pick Joe Burrow. I like Joe Burrow, but uh, this is a Ravens team that's way too well coached. They're way too well quarterbacked, and they're just not going to lose to a Bengals team. But Bengals cover this spread. They're going to make it closer uh, than we anticipate because Joe Burrow's pretty good, and, and this is clearly a team that's taking steps after a win last week. Yeah, you're absolutely right about them, and, and you're right. Let's see how silly the football team from Washington is going to make me look uh, on Sunday. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I like the Bengals, too. I, I like Joe, Joe Burrow a lot. Excuse me. Uh, but there's they can't beat the Ravens right now. They just can't. Maybe if this, you know, maybe later in the season this is going to happen, but not right now. So, yeah, I'm also going to go with Baltimore. Jags at Texans. Um, the, the, the Texans just canned their general manager and head coach in Bill O'Brien. He's both of those things, and he doesn't do either of those jobs very well. They've got a great young quarterback, and, and they still can't find a way to win games. They have a bad Jaguars team. They need a pick-me-up here. Um, I'm going to take the Texans here. I think they finally get that win because they've had a really tough go of it a really hard schedule and they are a good team and, and normally I would have thought they'd have a chance at this division and they still do and the Texans will pick it up and they may beat the Jaguars team pretty well on Sunday yeah that's not a that's not a bad pick to take uh, the Texans I'm just a little skeptical you, you certainly have some faith in, in, in them taking this pick me up opportunity um I don't know they're, they're carrying a Bill O'Brien a lot and I, I don't think it takes I don't think it's, they can recover from that this quickly in terms of their wins and losses. Uh, you know, I like the Texans a lot. I think they're a bet, better than their record will show you, which I say about a lot of teams right now. But I'm going to go Jacksonville. Going Jacksonville. Okay. And by the way, the Texans, the new head coach is Romeo Cornell, and that, that certainly plays into my calculus tier. He's a longtime assistant for a number of teams and, and a very good one at that, a good defensive coach. So, I think the Texans beat the Jaguars. Let's go to the 4 o'clock window. Dolphins at Niners. Of course, the Niners still without Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, but 
they've continued to win games. They are a good team. The Dolphins with Ryan Fitzpatrick, though, they somehow find a way. This game may be more scrappy than the line says it will. It's a minus nine yeah. spread. But this is going to be my upset. I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins on Sunday at 4 o'clock uh, to beat the 49ers in San Francisco. You know, I'm, I'm actually going to agree with you on that one. You know, uh, not having Jimmy is going to uh, continue to pay the toll on, on the Niners. And for whatever reason, this, this Miami team excites me. Um, and... Yeah, I, I think, you know, I'm I'm going to agree with you that of, of the upsets that are possible on Sunday, I think this one actually might be the most likely. So I'm going to agree with you on that. And, and let me check myself, because Garoppolo is going to play on Sunday. He is due back, so that makes both of our picks uh, a lot more precarious. But they're they're locked in, and, and, and that's on us for a lack of of, uh, of homework there. Colts. You know go- what? I'm, I, but I stand by it. I still, yeah. I still stand by my pick. We'll roll with it. Uh, Colts go to Cleveland. They play the Browns. It's a Browns team. Uh, that's now won three in a row, and and they look pretty good. They, I mean, they are firing on all cylinders on offense, but it's a Colts team that I also like. They are also three and one and very well coached, and this is an even line, and this is probably the game of the week as far as who gets this one, and uh, I am going to pick the Cleveland Browns because I do think they're the real deal. Even without Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt steps up into that running back role really nicely, and all of a sudden, Odell Beckham Jr. is catching touchdown passes again. This is a Browns team that's clicking everywhere, and I'm going to ride with them against a Colts team that they can certainly beat. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with you on this one, being the Browns. I, when a team is, is streaking in the way they are, and I, I mean streaking in a good way, because it can have either meaning, like the word goat, honestly. But um, when a team is on a streak like this, I, I usually tend to, to bet with them. I'm going to continue with that. I, I've had faith in this Browns team for a while that they figure it out. And it seems like they've figured it out. So uh, I'm with the Browns all the way up. After a long time, it seems like they have. With the talent that, that's there, they've got the new head coach, it looks like they may be for real, although they haven't played a true heavyweight team yet and, and beat them. But Giants going to Dallas, we already previewed this game. My perspective here, the Giants' uh, slide continues. One of these weeks, I think they'll get it together, but it won't be against the Cowboys team that's played some competitive games, has lost. They're, they're better than one in three. And, and, and maybe finally this week, they show us the real talent they can flash, and I think they beat the Giants really good on Sunday. Yeah, I, I would argue both teams need the win. But in terms of who wants it more, I think you, me, and my Uncle Clifford, we all know that uh, if the Dallas Cowboys want us to win more, they're going to they're gonna destroy the Giants. They are. Vikings go into Seattle for Sunday Night Football. This one really fascinates me because you would think that this is a Seattle blowout, but it's also a Vikings team that just beat a Texans team that isn't bad, so I'm doing a lot of cross-referencing here and obviously the Seahawks are phenomenal I mean uh, I, I, I picked them to win the Super Bowl before the year but they they, they aren't perfect they're vulnerable and uh, you know I, I think maybe Kirk Cousins well I can't say maybe I've got to be concrete I'm going to pick Minnesota to go into Seattle uh, at 8 o'clock on Sunday night and beat a very good Seahawks team led by potentially the best quarterback in the National Football that's a that's a great pick, and I was also kind of on the fence about this one. 
I, you and I certainly agree, I'm sure, that the spread of seven in favor of Seattle right now is it's just inaccurate. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like this Vikings team a lot. I have for the last couple of years. Um, there's a spirit about them that I just really like. But I think the Seahawks are just a better team. They're going to end up winning this game. But it's going to be really close. I say, you know, if any game's going to come down to a field goal this week, it's either going to be Colts Browns or it's going to be Vikings Seahawks. But I'm going to take Seattle. Here's the next interesting one. Broncos and Patriots set to play on Monday at 5 o'clock. So maybe right as you're walking in the door from work, you'll see uh, football on and it might it might jolt you a little bit. But that's because we're making up games from uh, COVID-19 cancellations. So Broncos at Patriots Monday at 5 o'clock. Uh, this, is, this is one the Patriots are going to have to have. Uh, with Cam Newton hopefully back in the fold. We don't know the status there, but in any case, this is not a good Broncos team despite the fact that they won last Thursday, and, and the Patriots are obviously the best coach team not just in football, but in sports. They will, uh, they'll will beat Denver on Monday if this game happens. Yeah, I don't think uh, there's much of a, a question about that. I, you know, I, I like the Broncos. They're just they're not there. They're just not. Um, and I actually really like this this kind of new newly fashioned Patriots team. They're not the the Tom Brady uh, era of, of the past um, past few eons, if you will. But I, I like them. It's they're, they're they're good in a similar way that they were, but in in a, in a new Cam Newton way that's a little bit different. And of course, Bill Belichick is the uh, him he himself is the greatest institution in sports today. Uh, so I never want to bet against them. I'm taking the Patriots also. Can't bet against the Patriots. It, it, it never works. Chargers at Saints. They played a night game on Monday night. And here's another interesting one. A Saints team that looked very vulnerable early on. They bounced back with a win last week. They get a Los Angeles Chargers team with the rookie Herbert, who's been impressing everybody. And I think this one stands a chance to be a very good uh, Monday night football game as well. Um, and I'm a little bit on the fence. I, I'm going to take uh, New Orleans. I'm going to take the old guard. I think the Chargers will, will keep this game close, but ultimately uh, there's nobody I'd rather have the ball uh, it, than, than Drew Brees' hands. If they find themselves with a deficit at the end of the game, I'm sure he'll find a way to claw back and, and win this game. So I'm taking the sense. Yeah, Brees certainly always does. This is another game where I think the... The, the line is a little too uh, gratuitous in favor of uh, of the uh, the favorite team. Seven and a half points it is in, in favor of the Saints right now. I do think the Saints are going to win, but um, this is going to be a good game, I think. Uh, I, I like the Chargers. Uh, again, they're another team that's just... I like them, but it, they're not there yet. They're just not. Uh, so, yeah, I'm also going to take New Orleans here. And then finally, there is one more game on Tuesday. <laughs> Oh my. Tuesday football. Tuesday at 7 o'clock. Bills and Titans. This is another makeup game. And a good one. A good one. Two teams without a loss. The Titans have only played three games, so that makes them 3-0. But the Bills are a solid 4-0. And they've been impressing and surprising everyone at every turn. Josh Allen's throwing the football well. This team plays defense. This team is well coached. They do a lot. But I can say all the same things for the Tennessee Titans. And that's why I, I, I think it brings a lot of intrigue. Um, Titans with the outbreak we don't know if this game happens 
the facilities are shut down. I've got no clue. Um, so we can only speak on, on speculation here. I think if the Titans can play this game, they will uh, check a Bills team that I think is sort of due for a loss. I don't think Buffalo is as good as 4-0 might represent. I think the Titans, if they can gear up and, and play a game on Tuesday night, I think they'll beat the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, so this is another, and again, there's, there's no spare on this point, even at the moment. And, you know, it, it's going to be a very good game, especially one for Tuesday night. Um, I agree that the Bills, they're not as good as 4-0, and might tell you, but Josh Allen, he himself might be as good as 4-0 right now. He's really throwing the football well. Uh, and, you know, Stefan Diggs is having himself a time as well. So, another close one, perhaps a very high-scoring one, uh, to uh, teams that are very good offensively, I would say. But I'm going to take the Bills just by the slightest margin. Bills by a slight margin. I say Titans by a slight margin. We'll see. With all these picks, uh, the NFL always features unpredictability. That's its sort of uh, sterling quality. And, and here we are with unpredictability in the atmosphere of football. There are positive COVID-19 cases. We're keeping our eye on the podcast and hopefully keeping you abreast here. And, and in any case, being able to talk about uh, who's up and who's down in the league. And, and hopefully we can continue to do that and meet again on Friday for week six. This has been the week five edition of the NFL Friday podcast for Dylan Balsamo. I'm Chris Bonci. We thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next week.